You are listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. I'm Elena Paventa, Executive Communication Coach and TEDx Organizer. With each episode, I'll share with you communication tips and ideas from top business leaders to help you excel in your career. Welcome to the next episode of Ideas and Leaders podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Michael King. He's an executive coach. He helps high-level business leaders to achieve measurable business growth through his unique methodology, which is called Teams. And I'm really excited to speak about this today with him. Hi, Michael. It's great to have you on Ideas and Leaders. Hey, thank you so much, Elena. It's great to be here with you. So, um, Michael, what is your story? How did you start with leadership coaching? How did you get there where you are right now? Absolutely. Um, I started out, I've been coaching leaders um, in organizations probably for the last couple of decades, I suppose. Um, I started off in, in, the, in the church space of coaching leaders uh, within, within my church and, and coming up within that was an executive pastor. My reach started to expand outside of the church. So it, it was something I was really kind of curious about, of feeling like I was experiencing some things internally within the leadership realm of where I was at. And I was also speaking outside and coaching other uh, leaders outside of the church. But specifically, I was experiencing some pain points within myself um, and also within the team I was a part of. And I thought, you know what, I think I'm going to go back to school and get, and get my master's in leadership so I can kind of figure out how to navigate these rough waters a bit. During that process, I discovered some things about myself I didn't know. And I also discovered some things about the team that I didn't know that I was, that I was a part of. And so, um, so long story short, uh, transition to that we've been, um, I started off with an organization coaching um, hundreds of churches forms uh, in like 2017 and 2018. And we launched teams.coach um, as we expanded out into enterprise space. And now about 80% of what we do is working directly with enterprise, C-suite leaders, um, high-performing uh, executives. And then we do do some nonprofit and some ministry things on the side as well. But, um, but yeah, that's been, that's been my journey. You know, it's just, there's a little bit of a pain point there and, uh, and was able to grow through it. And now I'm here. Perfect. What an interesting journey you have. So as you you have such a uh, great experience working with leaders, what do you think are the biggest pain points of, of leaders, of those uh, who are just starting their journey and those more experienced ones as well? That's a, that's a really big question. And there's a lot of different answers to that. Um, one of the biggest pain points that I feel like within the organization is when it comes to um, empowerment and engagement, which always starts with building from foundations of trust. Patrick Lencioni talks about the five dysfunctions of a team and how, you know, that big one is really, if you don't have trust, you don't have anything, but um, how teams and how culture can get compromised so quickly when engagement and empowerment aren't happening in the right cadences and the right rhythms. And, um, you know, whatever we make visible on our teams are the things that we attract. And so sometimes we end up on ramping the wrong team members too to our teams as well, because we just haven't been making the right things visible or that we built the wrong thing in the first place. So, um, so yeah, so I think starting from that space, the biggest thing, trust, empowerment, engagement, those are big things. 
yeah building trust especially uh with uh, maybe with people that you uh, don't necessarily like or the people that are not like you and uh, you as a leader you need to to uh, kind of connect everyone this is uh, sometimes tricky especially for new leaders i had uh, I, I, we were talking on the podcast uh, uh, with, with young leaders that have just started and uh, they had so many issues connected with this and i think that you know one of the one of yeah. the issues that i see that is uh, keep, uh, that keeps repeating is that uh, that people have uh, sometimes uh, they have really great visions and they have really ambitious plans but they don't necessarily know how to get there and as i know mm. uh, you have you have uh, strategies and you have methodologies of uh, and you teach uh, leaders how get to to uh, actually to achieve their goals so can you tell us a little bit more about this yeah you know what you know what gets complicated in all of this is that um is that as a senior leader in an organization um we're really held accountable to making sure that we're being a good steward of vision vision's really everything if we don't have a vision we really don't have anything we don't know where we're going um but knowing when to pull the trigger on the next phase of the vision or how to deploy the vision in creating the right you know, strategic plans and the tactics along the way and utilizing the right resources along the way to make sure that you don't burn your team out on the way to fulfilling vision. Um, I've been a part of, I've made mistakes as a leader because I'm a big visionary. And, but I've also worked with leaders and also been on teams in which I found out the hard way that the fastest way to burn out a team is by chasing down a vision that you don't have the resources to execute. When we overcommit our daily moments, when we overcommit our bandwidth, when we overcommit our capacity, the vision ends up getting compromised. And that's why the team's methodology, that's one of the things why team, the team's methodology came into place was, you know, just how do we break this down into some simple things in which we can insert emotional intelligence into our day-to-day -day operations, but yet also phase out our vision to where we can execute. We can get results that we want, but we are not sacrificing um, you know, our souls per se on the altar of success in order for us to be able to chase down uh, the vision. And secondarily within that, before we hop into anything with the team's methodology is the num one of the things that I've noticed a lot when it comes to this specific space, is that visionary leaders, um, I've never really met a visionary leader that didn't have some sort of emotional connection to the vision that they've been given. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And so we have to be really careful that um, whether you're a support player on the team, maybe you're a number two or a number three, or maybe you are the senior leader within the organization. The question that I always end up, end up asking in some sort of way is are you being a good steward of your emotional and psychological energy that you're actually giving to the vision? Because sometimes we end up giving away the emotional and the psychological, sometimes even the spiritual energy on things that don't deserve it. And so as a senior leader, one of the best ways for you to show maturity is for you to be able to, to, be able to assign, okay, these are the things I'm gonna give my emotional energy to today, or whether you're a support player on the team, how are you going to emotionally respond to things that don't deserve your emotional energy? So um, I think that those are big things to take into consideration, especially in 2022 going forward, 2023. 
Yes, absolutely. But this is a tricky one, I think, because uh, as uh, as leaders, we need to to show emotions. We need to be enthusiastic about those ideas, uh, those visions that we present. But on the other hand, as you say, we cannot uh, just uh, give away too much as it can cause uh, burnout. you know, in, in the long term. 100%. So there's a big difference between being emotionally reactive or emotionally progressive. So emotionally progressiveness means that we're actually going to help influence the culture and be able to shape the culture that we want because we're putting our, we're putting the things like you talked about, man, I want to be excited about the things I'm a part of. I want to be passionate about it. Um, I want to be able to bring a culture of celebration to yeah. all these things are emotional terminologies, right? These are all things that are connected and which are positive things, positive energy that we can really help build positive culture. But it's when we find ourselves in a space to where if you're a visionary and you want more than what you have and you try to force it or you try to force a play, you find yourself kind of shifting over into that negative emotional reactive space and that affects culture as well. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, tell us a bit more about your team's methodology uh how did you come up with this methodology and what what does it stand for yeah well we came up with the team's methodologies because i'm passionate about working with leaders who lead teams um and i also am am passionate about just team performance i've i don't know about you but i've i've been a part of enough teams in which you end up putting in a significant amount of energy just to find out that you're not moving or going anywhere and that, that is exhausting. So um, the team's methodology came out of the idea of like, what can I come up with just that kind of wraps itself around the idea of, of moving a team forward in simple ways that are actually achievable when we can measure, you know, specific KPIs and, um, and our goals. But also too, within the team's methodology, we talk about emotional intelligence as well, which is, I think is probably one of the most important things we'll be talking about in the next decade when it comes to this ever shifting and complicated space that exists within uh, within our work environments, our work culture. So the T stands for uh, for targets. So teams methodology starts really simple with every single week being able to identify what's the one thing that we're trying to accomplish this week. E stands for engagement. Um, and there could be four levels of engagement that we actually measure through our through our app. We have a teams.coach app that every senior leader has. And they get asked these questions, like on a scale of one to 10, how well are we engaging with our audience? How well are we engaging with our direct report? How well are we engaging with our team? Um, and how well am I with myself? Self-leadership is one of the hardest things that we can do. And so how we're engaging with that and being intentional with self-leadership, that's a part of it. A stands for action, which is identify the singular action. What's the one single action that you're doing this week to help you accomplish the target that you previously identified? M stands for momentum. And then we take a little bit of a different take on momentum. Most leaders that I've talked to, they, we, they equate the word momentum with more. I don't at all. In fact, I think that this is what burns people out is that we try to add more to our plate in order for us to be able to achieve momentum. And it's not really momentum. It's, it's more of a fake, uh, fake representation of progress. Momentum exists when we're able to identify the things that are slowing us down for us to be able to remove those things or bring solutions to the things that are slowing us down so we can go faster. So we can actually start picking up pace and, and, and getting results faster um, or getting the results that we want, period. It's, we start to feel it, which leads to S, which is synergy. When we have all the right players in the right spots doing the right things, 
and we're experiencing life and life abundantly. And this is where synergy happens on the team. So the question that we ask with synergy is clearly identify the win, whether it's macro or micro. And how are you rewarding yourself? How are you celebrating this on your team this week? How are you celebrating it with yourself? I have one client that every single week when I ask them this question, they, they started off originally, I'd say, how are you rewarding yourself? You knocked it out of the park this week. And they would say, uh, I'm horrible at celebrating. I'm horrible at rewarding myself. And now every single week, they give me the same answer, which I'm completely fine with, is that they're going to go out and they're going to get a Frappuccino from Starbucks because they did something great. So, um, but getting that into your daily, your weekly cadence, how are you celebrating and how are you rewarding yourself? Because you deserve it. You're, you're worth it. Yeah, this is so important celebration, right? Uh, uh, I love your, your methodology. So I think that you covered two very important uh, points that I wanted to, to ask you about. So first one is actually how to, to set goals, how to, um, to, in order to, to achieve KPIs. And the second one is emotional intelligence that is also so important. So um, as for setting goals, do you have any uh, suggestion how to, uh, how to do it, not to, to avoid this um, um, envisioning your, your future all the time instead of actually doing things? So how do you, what, what do you suggest? How can we move to this uh, to, to this execution? Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things I would say when it comes to just establishing goals is really knowing who you are, having clear expectations as far as uh, what you're able to accomplish in the first place. Um, because being having a vision for your life and setting some goals is that you're always going to be stretched in some way. But having realistic expectations on who you are as a leader and what you're capable of doing, what's your capacity? Um, those are all very important things. More times than not, when it comes to uh, people that have failed reaching their goal is because they somehow got um, disenfranchised or they got discouraged along the path of chasing down something that they couldn't accomplish in the first place. Don't get me wrong. I am 100% an advocate of stretch goals. I believe that establishing stretch goals of saying, okay, this is what I feel like I'm able to do on my own. Um, but with the help of other people around me in a collaborative spirit, I think that I'm going to be able to push myself to another level, whether that's hiring an executive coach or bringing on a peer to help you kind of navigate some unfamiliar territory. So when it comes to goal setting, you know, number one, have realistic expectations on what your job is in the first place and who you are and how you fit. The second one is making a goal that actually moves towards the desired outcomes that your position and your leadership is supposed to produce in the first place. But don't do something astronomic. Like go ahead and put yourself out there in a space to where you know that you're gonna be able to accomplish a certain level of, of accomplishment, but always have that stretch goal available that's going to challenge you to bring people in from the outside that's going to give you better perspective and also going to help you keep you on track in ways that you possibly couldn't have imagined doing it on your own. So I hope that makes sense to you. You know, the, the, the biggest failure that I see is when people, they get into unfamiliar territory or they feel like they're hitting their lid and they're afraid to ask for help and they're, or they just aren't a part of a culture that supports collaboration. Collaboration is a secret weapon when it comes to reaching goals. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, you say that we need to have the stretch goals and we need to also uh, have those uh, smaller, more achievable, achievable goals, right? And what about um, how can we create processes to actually achieve our goals? Do you have any suggestions when you work with your clients? How do you how do you do this? Yeah, you know, we I, we I use a process that we that we wrote out called green lights, and um, and green light really is just the idea of like, well, first and foremost is that too is that I think that you understand this is that uh, depending on the type of leader that you're working with, um, everybody always wants the quick win, right? Like we want results pretty quick, and that's just the way that our human nature is built yeah. is that we want to be able. But a strategic leader, they really need to be able to back up and, and take into consideration maybe a three or a five year snapshot and then reverse engineer this down into smaller uh, smaller goals or smaller tasks or tactics along the way and making sure that we develop singular behaviors and disciplines along the way that help us get there. And we're okay with celebrating wins that aren't massive wins, but they're ones that we've clearly identified. Let me say that again, because I think that that's part of is of the reverse engineering this down to where we have to know what the blueprint looks like. We have to know what the next thing is. We have to know sometimes even what the small win is. But once we're able to identify what these wins are, what these micro goals along the way, then we can actually give us permission to start thinking about what the next goal is. And then once we reach that goal, then we can start thinking about the next goal. Leaders that aren't thinking in three to five year snapshots, what they're not taking into consideration is they're get, is that they could get overwhelmed by looking at the big project as a whole that they're trying to accomplish, opposed to the steps along the way. The journey is just as important as the destination. So be okay with accomplishing a smaller goal. Don't allow yourself to allocate emotional, psychological, and physical resources towards something that doesn't exist yet. Be present in the thing that you're working with. Don't get overwhelmed. Yeah, this is so true that the journey is also as important, uh, maybe even more important than destination sometimes, because we are focusing on on the the, the goal and we forget about this um, everyday work and uh, gratitude to towards our teams celebration of small wins this is so important and i think that it connects perfectly to the next point that i wanted to ask you about about emotional intelligence so you mentioned that it is a very important topic right now and we uh, it will be even more more and more important in the upcoming years so what can we do as leaders to um, our with ourselves, uh, as you said, self-leadership is so important and with our teams to focus on emotional intelligence. Yeah. So leading yourself is one of the hardest things that you'll ever do. And so what's influencing your own personal leadership? What's coming into your life? You know, I've, I've heard the saying before, I wish I would have came up with it, but I did not. But it's, uh, you know, that a man or a woman is the sum average of the five loudest voices in their life. And I think the way that we end up leading teams and also being aware and competent in the environments that they're in really are dictated in our own personal emotional health, which leads us into emotional intelligence within our team. It's really in the small things that matter. And I would say that this is that if you're a senior leader on the team and you don't know the names of the kids of your direct reports, you should probably know that. 
Um, if you're only having conversations with your team just when you need something from them, they're going to feel like a disposable asset. They're going to feel like a commodity. And so putting little things into play along the way, that's incredibly important. Um, if, you, if you have people on your team that are in proximity with you on a regular basis, making sure that your cadence is consistent, that your character within your leadership is consistent, that your yeses are always yeses, your noes are noes, so they don't have to actually start to guess in the gray space for, as far as what you truly mean when you talk. These are important things. And an emotional intelligent leader, they're going to care um, not just about the outcome, but the, de the best destination for the people that are on their team. That's a huge deal. I think it was Gary Vaynerchuk. He said something in a TED Talk, or not a TED Talk, but one of the, uh, one of the uh, online podcasts that I was watching him in. He said that it's not just necessarily our job to, to be able to just lead people in positions that they're in, but it's our job to actually get people into their best destination, whether that's internal or external. And um, I love that. I love that idea. So, yeah, I I think that is so important, and and uh, that, that you mentioned that uh, uh, building relationships actually with uh, with teams, and you know, knowing names of their children, and not only speaking about job, but but uh, giving them something more. So, uh, Michael, if you had to sum up in a couple of sentences what is your main message to the leaders what what do they need to know how do they need to behave uh, in order to to be successful and and uh, to achieve results in, in this upcoming couple of years i would say just even just kind of like kind of like encompassing this whole experience that we're talking about here today so we have you know we have build build by design you know build a strategy that works for you to be able to get the results that you want and amplify emotional intelligence on your team and making sure that the people that you're doing, uh, that you're working with, that you're on a team with, that they know that there's actually a fundamental foundation of care and concern within your organization. Um, I remember I was, I, I was, we had a, we had a person on our team a, while, a couple of years ago, and there was a certain level of conflict that just kept on coming up and he was abrasive. He was kind of a little bit narcissistic and was just hard to approach. And I went to him and I said to him that one of my core values that, that, that we needed to have on the team and if he was going to exist really well was that um, we believe that friendship had to be one of, the core, one of the core values of actually movement. So friendship before teamwork, friendship before teamwork. That was just kind of the thing that we, we, were, we would say. And his response was, was very interesting to me. He said, Mike, you know what? I can be friendly to you, but you'll never be my friend. And that, that was a spark that told me like there was something a lot more going on in the life of this leader. But it also gave me verification that when I looked at the people that were on his team, there was such a vacuum and an absence of emotional intelligence in the leadership that existed downstream from him that it can did everything that was throwing up some yellow flags. Um, and I'll never forget that moment. It almost shook me in a way when he said that to me, because I'm like, I want to be everybody's friend. Like, why would you say that to me? You know, but, um, but yeah, so I think that that's it. You know, when we talk about emotional intelligence and strategy, they go hand in hand because people matter. 
Yes, people matter. And this is a perfect summary of our conversation. So thank you very much, Michael, for all uh, your golden nuggets that you shared with us today. If our listeners want to contact you uh, to know more about your team's methodology, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook and all social channels at Michael King uh, at team.coach as well as my business page. My website is the same name as the name of my company. So it's teams.coach. Um, so make sure to check that out. We have some free resources available. And I also do something just a little bit different too. I always give out my cell phone number. It's a, it's, it's a US-based number. But the reason why I get the, give this is because I never want anybody to feel that by approaching me that they're going to get stuck into some sort of advertising funnel people have questions and sometimes they're quick. And so if you just want to text me a leadership question that you might have, or you want a free resource, feel free to text me um, or call me anytime. My number is area code 763-245-4984. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you very much, Michael. And uh, we will put all your links in the show notes so that our listeners can immediately jump there and, and uh, reach out. Thank you so much uh, for the conversation. It was very interesting. And uh, yeah, see you. See you around. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you listened by tagging me in your LinkedIn profile and using a hashtag Ideas and Leaders. See you in the next episode.